Lavester Craig Castle, south of Chester along the Welsh marches. May, year of our Lord, 1320 A.D. We've got to move, man. Where have you been? The question came from a very large man, dressed from head to toe in enough armour and weaponry to single-handedly conquer a small country. He had his helm in one hand, revealing cropped blonde hair and a granite square jaw, but the light in the pale blue eyes was cold, cold as the snows on an early winter morning. It was, in fact, an early winter morning, and the mighty garrison of Lavester Craig Castle was mobilised, organised, and driven by the man with the ice-cold stare. Caspian saint Avere was a man not to be crossed or trifled with, and he certainly wasn't a man to be disobeyed. He had the saint Avere size, command ability, and lack of pleasant temperament. His question was focused on a big red-haired knight who had just emerged from Lavester's significant keep, a man who smiled weakly at saint Avere's query. "'I wanted to see Madeleine one more time before we left,' he said. "'Dolwyd will not let her come down to see me off, and she is quite upset by it.' Caspian eyed the man, trying to shift from command mode into some semblance of a compassionate mode. The situation warranted it. "'Is she well?' he asked. Ken Lebrow nodded his red head, plopping his helm on to cover his skull. "'She is,' he said. "'She is worried, of course. She fears the child will be born whilst we are away. I have assured her that this quest will only take a week at most, but she is still frightened.' Caspian wasn't one given to fits of mercy or humour in any given situation. Therefore, moments like this were difficult for him to gauge. He didn't want to sound completely heartless, but his was a world of battle, and it was to battle his men were headed, including Can, who was an excellent knight from a fine family. But Can was also the husband of a woman who was on her second pregnancy in as many years, the first pregnancy having resulted in the loss of a premature son— the woman was terrified for this child, and rightly so. But the fact remained that Lady Lebrow's fear and her pregnancy were not his problem. "'The physic is with her,' Caspian finally said, turning away. "'Leave Dorwood to tend your wife. I need you with me. I need your mind with me, Cairn. If you are distracted, you are of no good to me, or yourself, or your wife. I do not want to return to tell her that you have been killed.' Cairn knew that was about as close to a compassionate statement as Caspian could make. The two of them had worked together for years, and although Caspian wasn't a man to cultivate friendship, Cairn considered him a friend. But Cairn was far more compassionate and feeling than his big blonde counterpart, and his heart, his soul, was with his wife up in that chamber. He had left her weeping, something he hated to do, but she wept a good deal these days. She was frightened for their child— and now frightened for Cairn as he left to tend to a skirmish over at Beeston Castle. But the Welsh were on the march these days. Led by Davith ab Groivith, or at least by his supporters, the Welsh had been hitting English castles along the marches and inside Wales more actively this year than in the previous ones. Sometimes they charged with a thousand men, and sometimes it was just a few hundred. They weren't particularly skilled for the most part, but they could do damage if unchecked, and they were bothersome. They tried to gain access to a castle any way they could, and had been beaten back by the English time and time again. They were bothersome, and they were time-consuming, proven today as the men of Lavester Craig Castle gathered again for yet another show of support against the Welsh. Lavester was a military outpost with a rather small feasting hall and few living quarters, 
and those quarters they did have weren't very comfortable. The army lived in two big long houses with pitched roofs on the east side of the bailey, and they also lived in shelters some of the soldiers had built outside of those barracks because they could be very crowded. St. Avair kept almost a thousand men in this close-quarters castle, as the knights and their wives lived in the keep. Thick, moss-covered stone comprised the keep, and the small rooms within were cheerless. It was a hellish place for a man, much less a woman, a hellish place for a child to be born. But Cairn shook off the morose thoughts. St. Avair was correct. Distraction in his business could be deadly, and he most certainly wanted to return to the wife who was far too beautiful for him. Madeleine Grey Lebreau was his everything. He had cherished her since the first moment he had laid eyes on her, the daughter of a wealthy merchant.